0: June 1995, Mountain View, California. Bill Gates slowly sinks into a high-backed chair across from his newfound nemesis, Mark Andreessen, the creator of Netscape, a rival web browser that's taken the Internet by storm. Gates and his team are meeting on Andreessen's turf at Netscape headquarters. Andreessen is flanked by two other Netscape executives, Jim Clark and Jim Barksdale. With sunlight flooding the room through the windows, there's a high noon quality about the drama about to unfold. Neither side trusts or likes the other. Netscape chairman Jim Clark is highly suspicious of Microsoft's motives. What do you want, guys? Gates leans his elbows on the table. We've just released the Microsoft Explorer browser and now both of our companies are wasting resources fighting over the same customers. But we have a solution. A business relationship. What kind of business relationship? Microsoft will invest a big chunk of money in Netscape and you put us on your board. Andreessen scribbles notes on a legal pad. He's about to respond when Clark jumps in bill, why would we ever put a competitor on our board? In exchange for our investment, Netscape will agree not to compete head-on with Microsoft. We'll divide up the customer base. You can put your browser on all the Windows machines that came out before the release of Windows 95. We take the new users. Hold on, hold on, let me get this straight. We get all the soon-to-be-outdated versions of Windows, and you take all the new users? Dan Rosen, a crafty and tough Microsoft general manager, recognizes this might be a hard sell. There are more users on older models of Windows than Windows 95 users, Andreessen scoffs. This is clearly a bum deal for us. Gates tries to sweeten the proposal. You'd become Microsoft's special partner. Special partner? Jim Clark senses a veiled threat. And if we reject your offer... Everyone looks to Gates, who coaxes an inscrutable smile but remains silent. Rosen says what he won't. You really should accept. The Netscape team sits stunned. Microsoft is threatening to destroy Netscape with this so called relationship. Andreessen scrawls on his pad threat that Microsoft will own the Windows 95 client market and that Netscape should stay away. These words will come back to haunt Microsoft in court. Andreessen's not going to let Microsoft bully his company into oblivion. This feels like a visit by Don Corleone. I half expect to find a bloody computer monitor in my bed tomorrow morning. Look, we're not the ones who should be worried. Netscape fully intends to code a browser for Windows 95, all right? And ultimately, we are going to reduce Windows to a mundane collection of not entirely debugged device drivers. Andreessen laughs at his own joke. For a techie, this is a searing insult. Microsoft's operating system is Bill Gates' pride and joy. Comparing it to a glitchy bit of software code that helps the operating system communicate with a computer is a low blow, but no one else sees the humor. Rosen looks over at Gates, who stands up to leave. Thanks, gentlemen. You'll hear from us soon. And when Netscape does, they won't like the sound of it. Like Andreessen, Gates had grandiose ideas and created revolutionary new technology while still in college. He can relate to Andreessen's bravado, He respects what Andreessen and Netscape have accomplished. And he knows how it feels to start a company with dreams of world domination. That's why he must crush them. If you travel for work, you know to pack two suits, business and swim. You know with your Delta SkyMiles business Amex card, buying that plane ticket for a business trip can get you closer to medallion status. business. Now, since you're a podcast listener, I'm sure you know all about how audio just does something to the imagination. So I'm really excited to tell you about how Audible's brand new exclusive thrillers are brought to life with that kind of captivating sound design, the eerie soundscapes and dynamic performances. There's one that caught my eye. I should say it caught my ear. It's an Audible original called Sleeping Dogs Lie by Samantha Downing. It details the aftermath of a local businessman's murder in Marin County, California, a once-sleepy suburb now part of the bustling Silicon Valley area. And as an Audible member, well, you get to keep one title a month from their entire catalog, including bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible now, free, for 30 days. Head on over to audible.com BW or text BW to 500-500. That's audible.com slash BW. Or text BW to 500-500 and try out Audible free for 30 days. From Wondery, this is Business Wars. I'm David Brown. In our last episode of The Browser Wars, Netscape vs. Microsoft, Bill Gates and Paul Allen built a groundbreaking operating system for the first personal computer. The problem was, it was owned by someone else. So they broke away, taking the software they developed to form their own company, Microsoft. But to rise above the fray, they need a browser. That's what Netscape has, and it's going gangbusters. And it's what Microsoft wants. But the offer Gates made is essentially asking Netscape to hold the gun to its own head. You're listening to Episode 4, An Offer They Can't Refuse. Before Microsoft made its godfather-style proposal to form a special relationship, Netscape was already under fire from another foe. In October 1994, nine months before the Gates Andreessen showdown at Netscape headquarters, Andreessen's old bosses at the University of Illinois Supercomputing Center strike back. They see an opening to cash in on Netscape's growing success by alleging that Netscape is a replication of Andreessen's first browser, Mosaic. Andreessen coded it while at the University of Illinois, and the university claims Mosaic as its own intellectual property. Jim Clark's sitting at his desk at Netscape's headquarters when he gets a nasty email from the university's National Center for Supercomputing Applications, or NCSA. He pulls Andreessen into his office. Andreessen insisted on naming their new company Mosaic Communications Corporation. The name is a giant screw you to the NCSA, and the NCSA is furious. Read this email, Mark. It's not good. The email's from NCSA's team of lawyers, and they demand 50 cents for every download of the Netscape Navigator browser. Can you believe these guys? First, they steal my work, and now they want me to pay them for the privilege. That's a lot of money. And if the radar browser is spreading, they get tens of millions of dollars, and more every day. Yeah, for a browser we're giving away for free. Look, Mark, we can't pay it. So don't. It's not that easy. It never is. How similar is our browser to the one you made for them? Well, they share a lot of the same functionality, but we coded the new one from scratch. Are you sure? If the code is similar, we could try to negotiate a lower payment. If we fight this and enough of the code is similar, they could sue, and that would be worse. I'm sure, Jim. Look, I designed both of them. All right, all right. let me handle this. Clark hires a forensic software expert to comb through the code to compare Netscape Navigator to the original Mosaic. The expert confirms Andreessen's claims, finding no similarity in form, only function between the two. Clark turns down NCSA flat. The matter of the company name remains, though, Mosaic is clearly a liability, and battling over it only diverts their attention. Clark offers to drop the name and pay NCSA either $3 million or 50,000 shares of stock. The NCSA takes the money and settles. A colossal blunder that costs them twice that figure. Two months later, the newly named Netscape Corporation officially releases the second version of its Navigator browser. At midnight, on December 15th, 1994, the engineers gather at the headquarters for the official release. The mood is jovial. They know they've got a solid product on their hands. But they're still nervous. The browser has to spread through word of mouth. Strapped for cash, the company hasn't put anything towards marketing it. Just as in Mosaic's early days, the engineers rig servers so they'll hear a cannon firing whenever a browser is downloaded. The group huddles around a computer. One engineer's hands hover above the keyboard. Okay, are you ready? I'm going to release it. She hits the fateful keystroke. And they wait. A few seconds pass. Another cannon another. The office becomes a naval war zone and the engineers bathe in the percussion, high-fiving while calling out higher and higher download numbers. That's 625. No, it's 640. At first, most of the activity occurs in Japan and Australia, since the release happens during their normal business hours. But within a few hours, 10,000 copies of the browser have been downloaded. And by spring 1995, with virtually no advertising or marketing, more than six million copies of the second version of Netscape Navigator are in use. That number swells to 10 million by the summer. And all this when fewer than half of all Americans have even heard of the Internet. Andreessen is downright giddy. His first browser, which he coded as a college student, was an instant hit. The second browser and its newer version are even better. And even though nobody knows quite yet what will become of the Internet, it seems that his company is on the cusp of something great. Some folks around Silicon Valley even have a nickname for Andreessen. They're calling him the next Bill Gates. Redmond, Washington. Summer, 1995. Bill Gates is in his office, frowning at his computer monitor. He's worried that the sudden rise of the Internet, which will inevitably worm its way into every person's life, will threaten his company. In the world of computers, Gates is used to being in the driver's seat. Now, it seems he's not even in the car. As he clicks around on Netscape Navigator, doing what people have taken to calling surfing, his frown deepens into a scowl. Gates hates to admit it, but the Netscape browser is an elegant piece of software. Fast, stable, and worst of all, free. And after 10 hours of browsing the internet, he has not come across a single Microsoft file. Not one Microsoft Word document or Excel spreadsheet. No Windows files. Nothing. Not a. One company name he does see over and over. Is Netscape. A revolution is happening right under his nose, and Microsoft is nowhere to be found. That has to change. Gates summons his former Harvard classmate, Steve Ballmer, a large, vivacious man who was the first person Gates and Allen brought on board at Microsoft. Ballmer is on the business side of Microsoft's operations. What is it, Bill? I, I misjudged the internet. Netscape, huh? How did I not see this coming? This was our play to make. Well, the web is hard to capitalize on. Everyone's still trying to figure out how to turn it into a moneymaker. That's beside the point. People will figure out a way. We'll figure out a way. The most important thing is to gain market penetration, and Netscape has done that. So, what are you thinking here, Bill? Gates doesn't answer. He rocks back in his chair, fingertips glued together. Balmer knows when his boss is lost in thought and leaves him in silence. The next day, Gates drafts a now-famous memo that he'll send to the entire company. He's humbling himself a bit, admitting that he's late to figuring out the Internet, but also urgently demanding Microsoft step up to the plate. Gates taps away at his computer... The words flow. I have gone through several stages of increasing my views of the Internet's importance. Now I assign the Internet the highest level of importance. Our focus on the Internet is crucial to every part of our business. The Internet is the most important single development to come along since the personal computer was invented. Gates describes an Internet tidal wave, rushing forward and washing away Microsoft if the company keeps waiting. He saves Netscape for last. Their browser is dominant, with 70% usage share. We have to match and beat their offerings. One scary possibility being discussed by internet fans is whether they should get together and create something far less expensive than a PC that is powerful enough for web browsing. Gates doesn't need to tell his Microsoft minions That if that happens, Microsoft could potentially be wiped out. Other businesses also read the tea leaves, showering Netscape with licensing requests and purchases of server software to run corporate networks. By March 1995, the company generates $7 million in revenue. Later that summer, Netscape files for an initial public offering. Interest is so keen on Netscape's first day of trading that Charles Schwab resets its phone welcome greeting. Welcome to Charles Schwab. If you're interested in the Netscape IPO, press 1. Morgan Stanley adds an additional line to handle the intense call volume. The stock is held back when the market opens. There's so much demand, it's not possible to settle on an opening price for each share. That's almost unheard of. Netscape's stock ends the day at just under $60, a number that far exceeds all expectations. The New York Times calls it the best opening day for a stock in Wall Street history for an issue of its size. Editors at Fortune Magazine will later look back and call Netscape's IPO the spark that touched off the Internet boom. They aren't alone. A 16-month-old company with minuscule revenues and few products is suddenly worth close to a billion dollars. It positively defies conventional market wisdom. It stuns bankers, stock analysts, and the media. Netscape's dizzying success will tilt the American economy toward tech for years to come. But Gates and Microsoft are preparing for battle with their own browser. They will draw from their impressive war chest to bankroll aggressive marketing tactics. Netscape will need every dollar from its historic IPO to survive. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it isn't just your business. It's your life, whatever your business might be. You want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. See, State Farm agents are small business owners, too. They know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Redmond, Washington, August 16, 1995. A week after Netscape's spectacular IPO, Microsoft releases its first browser, which it calls Internet Explorer. It's greeted with a collective yawn. Web pages don't render as well as they do on Netscape Navigator. Internet Explorer is slower and buggier. As a result, Netscape continues to grab users, rising to 80% share of the browser market. Then Goldman Sachs downgrades Microsoft stock. Analysts start to wonder whether Microsoft can stand up to Netscape's challenge. Netscape stock, meanwhile, climbs into the stratosphere. After seeing the company's respective stock prices, Gates calls Ballmer into his office. Steve, these stock prices are a travesty. We need to take action. Well, we're working on the next version of our browser. We gotta work faster. Triple the number of programmers if you have to. I, I don't think throwing more programmers at it's going to solve our problem, Bill. Andreessen coded his first browser, Mosaic, with just one other guy. Okay, okay. I have a good idea. Actually, it's a great idea. Gates licenses Mosaic from the company that the NCSA spun off to commercialize the browser. He plans to use the Mosaic code to build the new and improved versions of Internet Explorer. The irony of Microsoft licensing Mosaic isn't lost on Andreessen. In a sense, Andreessen will be competing against himself. May the best Andreessen win. But there is a limit to what Gates is willing to do to take over the market. He takes a group of Microsofters on a company retreat. At this point, he's open to out-of-the-box ideas. Anything to get the company back on sure footing. He stands to address the troops. Okay, let's hear any ideas you have. One employee responds. To give Explorer a boost, why don't we give the browser away for free on new machines? Gates frowns and immediately shoots back. What? Why would we do that? To get Internet Explorer on the maximum number of machines. What do you think we are, communists? While Microsoft is struggling for perhaps the first time in its two-decade history, by 1996, Netscape is riding high with revenue flying to $346 million. Andreessen has replaced Gates as the industry cover story. In February of that year, Time magazine issues a story called Golden Geeks. Andreessen is on the cover barefoot with dirty toenails, wearing loose jeans as he sits casually atop an ornate throne, he looks quite pleased to be crowned king. Microsoft is hard at work to dethrone Andreessen. On August 13, 1996, almost exactly a year after it came out with its first version of Explorer, Microsoft releases Internet Explorer 3.0. Users agree it's much smoother than either of its predecessors. What's more, it's faster than the browser from its rival Netscape. After it's clear reviewers like the new version, Gates pulls Balmer into his office. Steve, PC makers are in for an unpleasant surprise unless they play ball. Hmm. All right, I'm listening. Any PC maker who licensed Microsoft Windows has to offer Internet Explorer as its default browser or will revoke their license to offer Windows on their PCs. What do you think? It's a bold move, Bill. Gates' ultimatum would put any rogue PC makers out of business since there's no other operating system out there with the exception of Apple. And Apple doesn't license its operating system. These strong-arm tactics are designed to wrest control of the Internet back from Netscape. Gates has a virtual monopoly on personal computing operating systems, and now he plans to use that monopoly to choke off Netscape's access to users. Gates figures that approach will destroy the arrogant startup. He's still miffed over the meeting at Netscape's headquarters and Andreessen's crack about reducing Windows to a mundane collection of not entirely debugged device drivers. Microsoft may have a less impressive Internet browser, but they have the tools to play mean. For Gates, the competition with Netscape isn't just business. It's personal. Gates is feeling shoved aside, out of the spotlight, diminished. Gates thinks to himself, Andreessen... Better be careful. He very well might end up with a bloody computer monitor in his bed. Next time on Business Wars, Microsoft chokes off Netscape's access to users by making Internet Explorer the default browser on all new PCs. But just when Microsoft thinks it's finally out ahead, the Justice Department steps in and files suit against Microsoft for monopolistic practices. And that leads to a legal showdown that will rock the tech world in the late 90s. Hey, Prime members, you can binge every episode of Business Wars ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. From Wondering, this is Business Wars. We hope you enjoyed this episode. A quick note about the conversations you've been hearing. We can't know exactly what was said, but this dialogue is based on our best research. I'm your host, David Brown. Adam Penenberg wrote this story, edited by Emily Frost. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Jenny Lauer is our producer. Sound designed by Bay Area Sound. Our executive producer is Marshall Louis, created by Hernan Lopez for Wondering.